This podcast was produced by Big Night Media, a proud partner of Big Night Entertainment. I'm Joe Mazzi. Welcome to Boston Uncommon, a unique, in-depth look at notable Bostonians, their passions, their roadmap to success, and what makes them uncommonly Boston. Please take a moment to like, rate, comment, subscribe, share, tell a friend, whatever. I'd appreciate it. Thank you. Got to thank our sponsor, uh, Manscaped. Make sure you use the discount code FINDYOURBALLS. Here's the deal. Go to manscaped.com, get 20% off and and free shipping using the code FINDYOURBALLS. Do it today. Uh, today, welcoming someone that you wake up with every morning on the radio, uh, a Quincy native. I want to talk about that. And uh, please welcome Annie Dow from Mix 104.1. Thank you for having me. I'm so happy. And um, thank you for shouting out the greatest city in the world. I, I really appreciate that. Well, yeah. Well, let's get right into that because uh, I do know Quincy fairly well. And one of my favorite restaurants, and I'd love to know your take on it, is the Fox and Hound in Quincy on C Street. I love the Fox and Hound. I feel like, especially <laughs> during like the winter months when the fireplace is on and stuff, it's top notch. It's top notch stuff. Yeah. Now you, I know for a fact, because I follow you on social media, that there, there's an Italian place that you really love that's like your go-to on Fridays. What's that? So it's called Molinari's. It's in Dorchester. Oh, Dorchester. So I, I, I actually cross the bridge <laughs> and I go make my way over to Dorchester. It's in Adams Village. Um, my dad and I started going because there's not really that many good Italian places unless you want to go into the North End. And this place is tiny, has that North End feel. Um, we got to know the kitchen staff really well. We have the same server every time we go. I get the chicken farm pretty much every time I go. <laughs> I love I'm like, that. my sweatshirt says chicken farm. Oh, I, I thought it said champion. It says, I know. It says, it chicken, says chicken farm. farm. Oh, it's a whole God. set. That's hilarious. Now, before we, we chat about your early years of Annie, uh, what's your life with your radio family, Carson and Kenny? What's that like? It's awesome. So I feel like people ask me this question a lot or ask one of us uh, this question because we spend so much time together and it's not... I feel like other people in their workplaces, you're not sharing as much as we do. <laughs> I mean, we are really, really getting into it with each other. And uh, they've turned out to be my family over the last couple of years. So just walking in every morning and knowing these people have your back and you all just want to succeed. And we have this love and admiration for one another. Um, you know, being with Dan every day, I learned so much from him. Being with Carson and Kennedy, they've They've done this for 20 years. I've learned more from the two of them than I could ever learn. Um, I'm just really lucky. I feel very fortunate to work with people that I love every single day. That's so cool. Now, and I know you're a huge Miley Cyrus fan. Uh, is there an artist? Not, I don't, I'm not sure if you've interviewed her, but is there an artist that makes you nervous? I saw your L King interview in preparation for this interview. So um, you're such a natural and so talented at, at the interview process. What, is there someone out there that's like, oh my God, I'm, I got butterflies. Uh, thank you so much. First of all, that's so sweet of you. Um, I have to tell you the Miley interview was the most nervous I've ever been in my entire life. Like I really don't get nervous. Um, I'm pretty good about that. And with Miley, she's my everything. Um, you know, I grew up on Hannah Montana. I grew up loving all of that. So just watching her career over the years. I blacked out. I don't even remember it. <laughs> I go back and watch the interview. I'm like, oh my God, Annie. Um, but one artist that I would love to interview and I don't, it's probably never going to happen is Beyonce. Mm. Beyonce is, she is the hardest working woman in entertainment. I think she's the best entertainer. 
ever I have seen her in concert. It is a spiritual experience for me. Um, she's someone that if I ever had the opportunity to interview, I don't think words would come out of my mouth. She's the queen bee. She's the queen. She is the queen. <laughs> um, so, and I know you've been at Mix for quite some time. What are what are uh, some of your favorite moments working there that you can remember? Oh, good question. Um, yeah, so I started there, geez, I think three years ago. Um, I'm like, I feel like I blink. I was just a freshman in college and now I'm doing this. But <laughs> um, yeah, some of my favorite moments. When I was just starting, I think it was the first couple months, they actually brought in... Um, the Thunder Down Under guys. Oh my God. Oh my God. Yeah. Hello. Hello. <laughs> they, had do. they had me, I was doing a traffic report, I believe. And they had like three of the guys stand behind me and they were like rubbing my shoulders and stuff. That's when I was like, okay, this is a job where you have to learn how to be uncomfortable. You got to roll with whatever they throw at you. Um, and just like rise to the occasion. Um, something for me too just being able to meet all of these amazing celebrities um, when they would come in the studio and stuff and just seeing how they're really normal people. Um, I remember when the new kids on the block came in and Donnie Wahlberg was, you would have thought he was serving me coffee down the street. He was the nicest man. Uh, I was telling him because my mom and I love the show Blue Bloods. Of course. I wasn't like really a new kids fan just because I didn't grow up with them. But so I was like, I love Blue Bloods. Blah, blah, blah. And he was like, let's send your mom a video. Like could not have been a nicer man. So I think that that I'm so fortunate to meet these celebrities. But you really are just like, oh, you're so normal. <laughs> right. And And for him to do that, I mean, that's pretty cool. Yeah, you're like, oh, we would be best friends in real life. You know, that's what I felt with Al King, too, even talking with her. I'm like, I would love to sit and have a beer with her. Right. And I'm guessing you're probably more in sync or Backstreet Boys. Yeah. yeah so um, I have an older sister and she was <laughs> an in sync fanatic. So that's like really what I grew up on. Um, I didn't grow up like new kids. I think it was a little like I was just a little too young for yeah, it. Of course. Um, my, my first concert ever was JoJo. Oh, hey. Foxborough's own. At uh, South Shore Music Circus, and that's when I just knew I was like, I am going to go to concerts for the rest of my life. This was the greatest night ever. That is so cool. And so there's been so many changes in radio. Are you in that camp that feels like at some point with all these podcasts and YouTube channels that is there still a place for radio, or have the changes been not keeping up with radio? Good question. Um, because I think that this happens a lot. I think we see industries that TV has changed so much. You know, they said newspapers would die. They say TV's dying. They say all of these things. And actually, when I was a senior in college, one of my professors was like, you should really pick a different career path. Radio is dead. I don't think it's going to work out for you. Oh, my God. And so now I'm like, <laughs> so wait, now that's, that's awesome. Now, did you, have you reached out to said professor and be like, Hey, yeah, what's and up? So him and I had a great, we had a great relationship. He was one of my favorite professors. He was so intelligent and he, he just made me have thick skin. Cause he was like, I don't think it's great for you. And I was like, well, here, I'm going to tell you why I'm going to be great at it. And that this is my passion. You no, know? like it's, it's corny to say, follow your dreams, but life is too short, man. Like I'm not going to not do something because you're telling me this industry is dead. Um, I think the cool thing about radio is there's so many different avenues now that, you know, I can be on a traditional morning show and reach all of these people every single day, but I can also 
go on my Instagram and talk to people or do a podcast and talk to these people. I don't think that it has to be one or the other. And I feel like that's where people get so, is radio really a thing anymore? It doesn't have to just be one avenue. You have so many now. And, and that's what attracts me to radio too, is that um, it it is so personal and it's so uh it's like your best friend, really. You're in yes. alone in your car and you're listening to Annie in the morning telling her <laughs> these crazy stories or following her on social and hearing what she did this weekend. It's There's something personal connection with that that fascinates me about radio. And when people have been calling for its demise since even when I was young, yeah. uh, with the iPod, it was like, oh, the iPod's going to ruin radio. It hasn't. I had a woman came up to come up to me at a work event and she was like, I spend more time with you than I spend with my family. And I was like... Because she was like, you know, she commutes two hours into the city, two hours home. And she was like, I'm just, just gave me the biggest hug. Like, just that's, that's the best part is right. you connect with these strangers. They really do. You, you are their family. You become these people that they rely on to start their morning in not such a miserable way when you're driving into Boston, it's two degrees out. At least you can listen to people that'll make you laugh. <laughs> so we're at our first segment, Annie, and this is kind of like just a fun, quick little thing. 60 seconds. Yeah. First thing that pops into your mind. It's kind of like a you pick them thing. Uh, yeah. Vineyard or Nantucket? Vineyard. New York, LA? New York. Pizza, taco? Pizza. Here comes a hard one. Friends or The Office? Oh, friends. Oh, cats That's or dogs? That's easy for me. <laughs> cats or dogs? Dogs. Favorite ice cream? Um, black raspberry. Smartest person you know? My mom. We already discovered first concert, so we'll skip over that. JoJo, shout out to JoJo. Uh, food you shout won't out to JoJo. eat. Yeah, food you won't eat. Food I won't eat. I really will eat anything. Um, okay, that's fine. Uh, who plays Annie in the movie version of your life? Oh, uh, Mila Kunis. Oh, hey. You got to right. shoot it high. <laughs> yeah, I love it. Um, what? <laughs> topic can you talk about forever music and one superpower you wish you had i wish i could teleport <laughs> i just want to close my eyes and be in hawaii and um favorite halloween costume all time oh, i was slave of flavor one year that was probably my best <laughs> that was that was a really good one yeah boy I, I had it. the clock. I had the hat. I was, oh, I was a red velour suit. It was a whole thing. So let's, let's start. Uh, thank you for that. That was amazing, by the way. Yeah. Uh, let's start with your early career. Uh, you were an athlete in college and in high school as well. Yeah. So the story goes, um, so I was, I played basketball my whole life. Um, I was my team's captain, my senior year of high school. And you got to go on like QA TV, like the public access television. And I was being interviewed by this guy, um, Paul Bagroli. And I was out to lunch one day and this guy that worked for the sports hub, Rick Radzik, came up to me and he was like, I watch you on QA TV. You have a really great presence on camera. Are you, have you ever been interested in broadcasting? And I was like, funny, you should say that. I really am. Um, but I was going off to college, whatever. So I went down to Flagler and I did my school's radio station um, and it was so much fun. I always thought I wanted to do TV more than radio. But once I got into radio down there, I was like, this is it. This is it for me. Um, and so I always kept in touch with him. I sent him some demo tapes. Um, I went, I came home for winter break. Uh, this was probably my senior year, came home for winter break. And he brought me around the building. So originally I wanted to, I was like a sports girl. I've always been a sports girl. 
And I was like, I would love to work for the sports hub. You know, I want to talk Celtics. I want to talk all these things. And so I was trying to get into that a little bit. And then he introduced me to the music director of mix who was Mike Mullaney. And he was like, I like you, you got spunk. And so I, I sent him, I sent Mike um, some demo tapes and he hired me to do overnights. Uh, this was the July after I graduated. So I was doing overnights. I was doing the street team. I was working um, upstairs in continuity. I was doing everything, like anything that they, any job that they would give me, I would do. And then that following December, uh, Franzia, who was the young girl on the show, left, she got a job in Baltimore. And they were like, you want to try out? And I was like, yep. <laughs> oh, that's so cool. So do you think being an athlete and uh, being competitive uh, kind of put you on that path to success because you kind of knew what you wanted and were willing to take the overnight thing, the street team thing? It's, it's, it's fascinating to me that that was your passion and those were the things you did. So was there a part of you that it was like the competitive athletic thing that like, I can do this? Definitely. I am one of the most competitive people I think you'll ever meet. Um, even if like we're going bowling, like if I'm not winning, it's not fun. It's not fun for anyone involved. And, but I think just being an athlete my whole life and trying to excel at whatever sport I was playing, um, always just made me want to be the hardest working person in the room. And I think just being so motivated by whether that was sports or whatever, getting into this career, I just wanted to be better. I always want to be better. I always want to be improving and I still do. And that's the coolest part about radio. It's new every day. You're changing every day. You're getting better every day. Um, but I think it definitely being an athlete too, kind of gives you a tough skin as well, just because there's, there's, you're going to have terrible games and people are going to come at you and bad shows. It's not always pretty. Right. Right. And it, yeah, exactly. <laughs> if you perform bad, it shows. Right. And that's the same with radio, you know, you, if you, if you, which I guess it's really not as intense. Like if you mess up on the radio, you can just kind of power through and keep going. But if you perform bad and ratings are bad, then it's the same thing. Now, did you do mornings at the college you went to? Is it Flagler? Flagler. Flagler. Okay. Yep. Did you it's do mornings insane. there too? Um, so I had one shift a week. <laughs> um, I know. Imagine mornings in college. No, that would have been pretty. Um, I had a shift. It was Wednesdays. It was seven to nine, um, which I loved. I've always been an early riser. I mean, not like morning show early riser, but always early riser. And I, as I started to get more into the radio station down there, um, I actually became the production director. So I was editing all the commercials. Um, I was really like doing a ton of the behind the scenes stuff, which I loved. But then I got to host all the events, um, which that, allowed me to learn how to speak in front of a crowd and all these things, even though I was like doing that anyways. <laughs> was there Public speaking in college, everyone was like, I don't want to take that class. I was like, I'll take it five times. <laughs> <laughs> was there someone early in your career at college or life at college that you were like modeling yourself after or someone that you aspired to be? I never really like modeled myself after anyone. Um, I think that when I was really dead set on doing the sports. Like it was always Doris Burke for me. Doris Burke is, she's the end all be all. Like she just is so incredible at her job and deserves every recognition possible, I think. Um, but I, I'm kind of lucky in the way that I've always known what I wanted to do. And I really just in myself, um, cause I just, 
I, I feel like that's the best way to be Yeah. and not like I'm this perfect person or anything, but if you're not yourself, then what's the point? Right. That's so true. And it, and it shines through on your social. It shines through with you on the air and in the podcast that you did with Danielle. Um, so next segment here is kind of like a pet peeve segment. I want you to think about okay. it. Some of Annie's biggest pet peeve. I'll fire off a few of mine. Uh, you okay. know, not picking up after yourself or um, wasting, you know, how you get a, a water bottle. And like at my house, like the girls leave it everywhere. It's uh, like terrible. <laughs> can't, can't do it. It's awful. It feels so wasteful. I know. What are some of yours? Um, I can't stand lazy people. Laziness. It's, and I get, we all have lazy days. That's okay. But if you are just are lazy and you sit back and wait for things to come to you, I can't deal with that. It's just, it's just not. Um, and people that feel sorry for themselves, I guess that kind of goes hand in hand. Um, you like the pity party people. I can't, I just, you know, everyone, when everyone has stuff going on and it's important to be kind and compassionate towards people, but you can't throw a pity party for yourself. It doesn't, doesn't work like that. No, no, don't need it. Um, let's talk about your podcast for a minute. Is there a chance that it will come back or no? Um, I hope so. Okay, good. I, yeah, I don't know when anyone's coming back into the building. You know, we're lucky enough that I get to go into the building every day. I could not work from home. That sounds terrible to me. Um, <laughs> but, you know, working with Danielle was so great because we're obviously the same age, but we're so, so different. Um, so it was so fun doing a podcast with someone that our, our opinions are so different on so many things. Uh, you know, we like, we like similar things, but we're so different. Right. For me. And obviously, you know, I probably wasn't your key demographic listening to it. Uh, but what was fascinating for me, two things. One, um, I felt like it was a training ground of prepping me for when my young girls turn into their twenties. So I felt like I was getting tuned into something. And the other piece was that you guys were so entertaining and fascinating and just hearing the stories of your weekend, it just felt real. So, um, yeah, I I really do. I was a fan of it. I I still am. Uh, not that I go back and listen to old episodes, but I was, I always (laughs) look on the radio.com app. I'm like, what is the new one coming? What's going on? I know. I know. Congrats. I really, I thought it was a well done podcast. Thank you. I really appreciate that. That's really nice of you. I'm like, you are in the, you're in the demo. (laughs) No way. Um, so what, let's talk about your future now. So what's kind of Annie's ultimate dream job? My ultimate dream job would to be, have my own morning show. Um, I would love to be in a position like Carson and Kennedy. Um, I just think that they have worked so hard and to be able to have your own morning show in Boston and I'll give them credit because not being, you know, when you're not from here, it's really, really hard to make people like you. Mm, It's hard. Yeah. Like, I I don't know. Like, I don't know if I would, you know, Um, (laughs) where would you want to do that morning show? What town would you want to do that morning show? What did you say? What town would you want to do that morning show? In? I think that I would, if I had the opportunity to do it here, mm-hmm. I would love it. Be just mm-hmm. because being from Quincy and having, you know, my mom's best friend listen to me on the radio and stuff like that. Like I have my high school teachers text me that they're listening and it, that stuff is so nice. Um, I am willing to move. I would love to move somewhere warmer. Um <laughs> palm trees preferably for me uh like a san diego or somewhere down in florida maybe just anything um but i i also don't want to put myself in a box i think that if there was an opportunity to do tv 
or something in sports or something. I don't know. I think I definitely want to stay in this broadcasting career path. Mm. Um, I think that it's what I'm put on the earth to do. I, I just, I can't imagine doing anything else. Now I'm like, what other skills do I have? Well, I know you're very competitive. You do also, let's talk about that. You do a lot of charity work as well. I know right before the pandemic, you had your big um, dodgeball tournament, right? Yes. And you run marathons. So you're raising money for charity there. So you're very philanthropic. You know, I, I try to be. Um, yeah, so I had the opportunity to be on the um, Dana-Farber team for the marathon. And it was honestly one of the best experiences doing that whole training. Um, their team is incredible. They have every Saturday morning, that would be our long runs where we meet up with the team. They have volunteers out there. They have a water stop every couple miles. I mean, these these women and men are out there in the 15-degree weather serving us you know, peanut M&Ms and water. And it just was such a cool thing. The dodgeball tournament was awesome. Um, I can't <laughs> wait till we can do that again because that really was my favorite event ever. And um, unfortunately, I didn't get to run the marathon, obviously, because everything that happened. Um, I'm planning on running it next year, hopefully with Dana Farber. I have their head on actually today. I see it. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I think kind of following in Kennedy's footsteps too, because she does so much charity work. She does. Um, She's just so great. She does. Uh, she's a big proponent for mental health, of course, and she um, works with Samaritans Hope. So I ran their 5K, which was awesome. Um, I just think it's so cool. We have so many amazing organizations in the city. Why wouldn't you want to give back? Right. And what do you think? Well, how has the pandemic changed you as a person? Like, uh, obviously, you know, you're zooming in. Are you zooming in to do your radio show or are you actually? Going no, I get to go in every are day. You, but at some um, point you had a Zoom, no? Yeah. So yeah. we... Um, last March when they sent everyone home, mm. um, I was working from Kennedy's actually, thank God. <laughs> so I could at least see a human being. Um, cause I was living with my parents at the time. I'm like, I gotta get out. I gotta get out. <laughs> um, so I did, I was working from Kennedy's and then I, um, had COVID in the beginning of the year, mm-hmm. like late December. Oh, you like, did? Right after Christmas. I oh, did. Wow. Yeah. I got the COVIDs. Ooh. Um, so I was where Kennedy actually got it as well. So we got to work together, which was nice. Um, so those are the only two opportunity or the, the two times I've had to work from home. Uh, I'm, I'm a very settings person. Like I have to be at work to feel like work. You know what I mean? Like I can't right. be sitting on a couch talking to a microphone. <laughs> it doesn't work. But what about personally? How has it affected you uh, or impacted you? I should say. I think, well, it's funny because I was thinking back to like the beginning, you know, late March, early April when we were in lockdown and couldn't do anything. And I spent more time with my parents or like going for a walk with people in the neighborhood. Like that's really, it just made me slow down. I'm such a busy body. I like to burn it at both ends. My mom always says that to me, you burn it at both ends, Anna. Um, And I say, I think that that's, uh, it's a good thing and a bad thing. Um, you know, you, you can't do that to yourself all the time. Your body needs rest it's, yeah. it's for humans. But I think that the pandemic really made me take a step back and be like, oh, I don't need to have six things to do every single day. It's all right. It's, it's okay. Yeah, it's okay. And I th- but I think that happened to a lot of people. It just like simplified life. Totally. You know, it made you just realize like, okay, well, these are the people that are important. And to me, these are the things that are important for me to get done to either work or if people got paid off and they had opportunities to be more creative, whatever it was. I think that it really simplified life for people. 
So you mentioned your mom, you mentioned your dad. So let's talk just briefly about that, if that's okay. Um, what was it yeah. like for you growing up in, in, you grew up in Quincy? Yep. Yeah. So um, what was it like and how did your parents kind of influence to make you who you are today? Question. Um, so I am the youngest of three. Okay. I have an older brother and an older sister. Nice. And we're all so wildly different. Um, I don't know where I came from, honestly. <laughs> my my sister is like a hippy dippy. My brother is calm, cool, collected all the time, just like sit back and observer. And I am in your face, center of attention. Um, yeah. My parents are both so such uh, outgoing people, but in different ways. Like. Mm. My mom is probably the loudest in the room, will let you know her opinion, doesn't take crap from anybody. My dad is, will talk to anyone, will talk to a wall, but is also like more reserved and like they're, they, they, they're yin and yang. They complement each other so well. And I think that my parents just instilled such confidence in me when I was growing up, like I always say this, my, when I was playing basketball, obviously I'm not a, a tall gal. <laughs> But my dad always said I would pick five of you because of how much heart you have and how you play the game. And I think just always hearing stuff like that, not like they're inflating my ego. They're not like you're the best and you're the best, but you just always would be like, I'm so proud of you. I'm so proud of you. You put the work in. And I think that that's so, so important because even being an athlete or, you know, I, I'm a huge perfectionist. Like if I didn't get straight A's in school, I would beat myself up and my parents would be like, it's not a big deal. This is <laughs> not the okay. end all be all. It's okay. I actually, I got one B in college, one. <laughs> and I called my mom and I was bawling my eyes out. Oh. And I was like, I got a B. And she thought I was saying I got a D. And she's like, it's okay. You can get two Ds. You're not going to fail your major. And I was like, a B. She hung up the phone. She's like, I'm not dealing with you. You know, a little tough love. A lot of parents don't do that nowadays. No, everyone's and, but, coddling like, oh, it's OK. You'll bounce back. And she's she's the most loyal, compassionate. But she is like because you have to you have to have tough love. Sometimes you can't be letting your your 20 year old daughter cry about getting a V. That's crazy. That's crazy. It is crazy. So, Annie, we're kind of winding down here. It's one last segment that we like to do. It's called a random question. Um, so here it comes one day. Uh, they create a new position. So you're like the overlord of the United States of America. The president, Congress, Senate all report to Annie. And they say to you, Annie, we have a problem. Uh, the entire country is on the brink of disaster, like down in tubes. There's only one way we can save it. We have to get rid of one state in the union. What state do you get rid of and why? <laughs> There's no wrong answer, by the way. Um. I think I would get rid of Alabama. Oh, <laughs> I got the thumbs up from George, the producer. <laughs> um, I think that I just don't necessarily agree with some of um, the ideals of okay. majority of people in Alabama. Um, no shade to the good people of Alabama. I know there are some of you. Um, I just think that there's parts of that state that are living 50 years ago and we got we to gotta live in 2021. I love it. Oh, my God. That's hilarious. So no more uh, <laughs> Roll Tide Alabama football. Nick Saban, you're out of a job. Sorry. Sorry, Judy. <laughs> okay. You'll be okay. Well, Annie, one last question. What do you think makes you uniquely Boston? Um, I think that not being afraid to be yourself is really like a Boston thing. 
having not like an attitude. I don't think I necessarily have an attitude, but I'm also never going to take crap from people. I I'm always going to stand up for myself. I'm always going to speak my mind because why shouldn't I? Because it's going to make you uncomfortable. You know, that's, that's on you. That's your problem. Um, I think that there's just a way to be kind and compassionate to people. And, you know, Boston is so community-based and so neighborly, but also, you know, not being afraid to tell people like, Hey, you hurt my feelings. Don't do that again. But also having people's back, it, it ha- you gotta, you gotta mix them. You gotta mix them. Annie, that was awesome. Thank you so much for the time. It was Thank real, you so much. It was I'm so real, happy we got to do it. Yes. And, and like I said, I've been a fan of, of, of Carson and Kennedy and you and salt for quite some time. So he's doing well, I hope. He is. Okay, he is. Good. He's in Hartford. He's yeah. got two babies. He's oh, married. Awesome. He's living the dream. Awesome. Well, this has been a real treat for me. I appreciate you taking the time out of your schedule and sitting down and getting to know Annie Dow. Absolutely. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. 